0: Thank you Pastor Francis for giving me the opportunity to introduce myself uh, on the part that uh, I'm doing itinerant work now uh, I'm still involved in the TCA College in Singapore as the program director for the Masters of Arts in Christian Leadership a fully online program so I was there for the last two years most of you will not consider Singapore as a mission field but I was there for two years I took up the challenge to uh, start this program for the first time uh, in education for theological education to go fully online. I have no online experience, but just like uh, Pastor Jared mentioned, we can move mountains, pray, and just step out in faith. So we just step out in faith and we launched the program in 2016, and we had 10 students from different parts of the world, and now i am uh, been stationed back in KL here uh, they have allowed me to work part time and to do my work online. My students are online. We are busy 24/7 on discussion. So this is the new world of missions in terms of training. So uh, thank you, Pastor Yinming, for this opportunity to share God's word. Pastor Francis, Pastor Jared, and Pastor Donny. Uh, we need to get used to call uh, all the pastors pastors. Can I hear an amen? for the legacy that God would desire to bring about in this church. Uh, so much for the budget. Uh, I was teaching the course on homiletics in BCM just ended last month. Uh, in teaching on homiletics, I always tell the students, make sure in preaching you must have an application. Unfortunately, this morning the application has been put forth before the sermon. All right? So uh, please rewind and make sure you keep the faith promise card and next week, You really make an application. All right? Uh, Don't return the forms blank. Return the forms with your full name and probably with many zeros. Not a zero. All right. Praise God. Missions. I've been doing missions since the day I entered into Bible school. I do not regard myself as a missionary. Uh, but I've been doing missions most of the time. And even today, I was just looking at uh, the at, uh, budget. I was looking for my name, it didn't appear. Uh, okay. All right. But a lot of you, are uh, the newer generation, you probably have a new uh, model of doing mission work by vocational working and serving God just like the Apostle Paul. But regardless of what the model is, I believe the mission of God's work will continue on. This morning, I want to share with you from a very unfamiliar passage of Scripture with regards to missions. And let me just share with you what God has spoken to me concerning this passage. I've been teaching on Corinthians, and I've always looked at the book of Corinthians about a church that is full of problems. And certainly, this church at Corinth had a lot of problems. You read through the 16 chapters, it is full of problems. They have issues, they have theological questions. They have uh, issues with worldliness, with life, with incest, with lawsuits, uh, with issues of Lord's Supper, the food offered to idols, all the different issues. And I'm sure through the many Bible teaching in church and through your own learning, you have discovered and known that the Corinthian church is known as a church that has a lot of problems. And I was actually stunned when I started preparing for the last chapter in chapter 16, uh, when the Lord spoke to me and uh, through the Apostle Paul in emphasizing towards his last chapter about the collection, about giving. And, and it seems like the Apostle Paul would not let this church go even though they were going through problems. So I'd like us to consider a question that i put forth, which has really been put forth in the slide behind me, which is the question about should Christians going through difficulties or should a church that's going through difficulties cut back on missions? I know that this church is a mission-minded church. You have a mission director, not like many churches have a mission director, but you have a pastor who is assigned specifically for mission. Not because by appointment, but because of divine appointment. I know Pastor Francis, as a student in Bible school, his heart has always been in missions and has never changed ever since. And I don't think it will ever change. All right, His mind is set unwavering towards mission, in spite of all the challenges that he has faced and as the church. So the question we ask is, should Christians actually who are going through difficulties cut back On missions. When I use the word cut back, I don't mean just money. I mean just withdraw, stop, take a break, or even like some churches would say that we will stop doing missions because of bad times. Now we need to take care of ourselves. As I read through the entire Corinthian epistle and read through Paul's epistles, there is nowhere mention of cutting back towards mission. Mission is not just the very heartbeat of God. Mission is the call of every church and every Christian. Can I hear an amen? And the reason the church exists is for missions. And this is the very primary call. And there is no negotiation, there is no option that the mission of God should continue. But of course, together with that, we need to balance up in terms of also caring for our own needs, pastoral needs, church needs, but at the same time, believing God. As we have heard, faith can move mountains that God can provide supernaturally through the faith promise. I have been doing faith promise for many years as a Christian since I came to know God. Twice a year, missions faith pledge. Now it's once a year and in some churches it's once in a blue moon. All right? But this church continued to give towards missions. Faith promise, I know by myself that faith promise is a faith promise. Y'all didn't get there. It is beyond what I have. It's beyond what I've earned. And I trust God. I say, God, I want to give this amount towards mission. I don't know where it's going to come from. If it's necessary, by the time I need to give towards mission, I will have to take from my salary. I have to take from my savings. I will do it. But I know that God, you will replenish it back. That's my faith promise. That I want to give and trust God. So I have no problem believing that you will do Well, beyond your 400,000 budget, I've just added 20,000. All right, okay, can I hear an amen or not? All right, praise God. But should we cut back? No, we should not cut back. And I was talking about Paul, and in his last verse in chapter 15, verse 58, if we can put that verse out, he says to the church at Corinth, and it's actually, it struck me in a sense that why did he say this? just before he ends the letter in chapter 16 and talk about the collection. He says this familiar verse, he says that, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Can you say it together, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the Lord in your labour is not in vain. We know the background, and I, I've just painted you the background. And it's the church is not ready for missions. The church is, in fact, in a difficult time. There's divided, splits, all kinds of issues. And this church, and Paul writes, he says, be steadfast, unmovable in your circumstances, in your challenges. And then he goes on in chapter 16, verse 1, which we will look at it, verse 1 to 4 and up to 24. I have five simple Ps for you to remember today. Talking about missions, pressing on towards missions, and having an unwavering mindset towards mission. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to chapter 16. My message this morning is about an unwavering mindset for missions. An unwavering mindset for missions. Paul says in chapter 16 verse 1, He says, They are now concerning the collection for the saints as I directed the churches of Galatia. So do you also. On the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper so that no collections be made when I come. When I arrive, whomever you may approve will send them with letters to carry your gift to Jerusalem. And if it is fitting for me to go also, they will go with me. And we will be looking at the entire passage as we come to the various junctions of the message. So Paul writes to the church at Corinth, in spite of your challenges, in spite of the divisions, in spite of the lawsuits, in spite of the incest, in spite of troublemakers in the church that is causing people to sin, you should never forget this primary call that God has called us to do Which is to participate in missions Chapter 16 verse 1 to 4 talks about preparing for to give in missions Preparing to give in missions We know preparation is important in all of life It's not just missions You prepare your children for school, for work, for life We prepare for marriage, we prepare for the service, you prepare for your new business that you want to venture, you prepare your life. All of our lives we are preparing for something that is important and great in our lives. And in that preparation, we invest time, we invest money, we invest a lot of uh, things that through reading, research, to finally come to the place where we launch into that next phase in our lives. The same is in missions. Paul reminded the church at Corinth, and I don't think it's a new teaching to the church at Corinth, because we know that the church at Corinth are Christians who are gifted, who are knowledgeable, who live in a city that is full of challenges, has been involved in missions, and I would say that everywhere the Apostle Paul go, he left his DNA And when I use the word he left his DNA, I mean he left God's DNA. There is no church that he has planted all over Asia Minor that has not been involved in missions. Every one of them has been impacted by the Apostle Paul's life. So I would dare say safely that the Church of Corinth, even though through the three years of ministry with them, that they have been a problematic church, they have not forgotten or not have been impacted by this mission. This emphasis of missions in the church. So I believe the church at Corinth is a church that believes in missions. And chapter 16 verse 1 is more or less a reminder to them: Hey guys, when I come, all right, the offering must be ready for the collection of the saints at Jerusalem who are in need, and at time is famine, all right. So it's a preparation to collection. So the idea of missions is, the idea, the first thing about missions, a reminder is about preparing to give. Preparing to give towards mission. In the context of this verse, is preparing personally, preparing individually and preparing as a church. Paul writes and says, I'll be sending messengers over. I may not be coming so soon, but should I come, the gifts should be ready. And in some ways, he's saying, prepare the gift, get ready the gift. So the idea here is that we give towards mission. We are in some way in the process of participating in missions. And all of us know that we don't respond when there is a call for mission. We are ever ready to contribute towards the work of missions. Because there's always a mission fund in the church. There is a budget There is someone giving that you and I who participate in the work of missions. And we see our role and we see our participation as part of a global impact. Some of us are sent, some of us are not, some of us will give. But nevertheless, this concept of preparation for missions is so vital. Now, I want to, to, want to take you to another angle in terms of one who has been preparing people for missions i've been in bible school training for the past 25 years i've been preparing lives at bcm at aoic and then recently at tca all right november i'm going to apts my first mission to apts to teach and god is expanding allowing me because that's my vision and two years ago to be able to prepare people online getting into the online platform to see how it is to prepare life submissions and seeing the dedication, the commitment of busy pastors, busy business people logging in every Wednesday, every Friday, discussing about the subject of God's work. Who in this world want to spend time and study about leadership, about church, about theology, about God if it is not God-given passion in their hearts? Busy with their family, with their kids Busy with the work of the ministry And yet setting aside the time to put in that discussion To put in that research and to prepare themselves I myself am motivated and challenged and inspired by the students Because they gave their lives to go to Bible school When I was in Singapore, I was put into small groups with students from China And we know students from China, they are passionate and on fire for God Uh, somehow, you know, it's about God, it's about planting churches, it's about doing God's work. And although I'm not conversant in Mandarin in their language in many ways, but I'm inspired by their stories, how they come to Bible school, how they would plan that after Bible school, they plan to go back and pastor, to do youth work, to start cafes, to do outreach, to do mission. All those little stories inspire me to continue to prepare lives for ministry And I want to challenge you today Though you may not hear many of these stories directly But there are many of these countless stories all over And I would dare say even in this room There are little stories, conversations going around At the cafeteria, at the workplace, at home, in small groups That regards God's work and God's mission Men may not see it, it may not be publicised in Star newspaper, Malay or whatever online, but God hears all the conversations around the table. Stories of our heart's desire to be involved in mission. And that's preparing, as a starting point of preparing, it's how it all began. Conversation, preparing lives for ministry, preparing gifts for ministry. What do you have to give towards mission? If it is time, prepare the time, set aside the time, pray and give to God. If it is money, give, set aside that money every month and give towards mission. If it is about your life that you want to set aside besides your work, besides family, besides all other things, you say, God, I dedicate three hours a week to serve you. Whatever it may be, it may not be a position in church, it not may not necessarily be in church, but whatever I can do to help in the community, in the neighborhood, even praying, and that is preparing and setting aside. It's like a sacred time, a sacred thing that we set aside for God to serve God. Can I hear an amen? And Paul tells the church at Corinth to do so. When I come, all right, make sure the gift is ready. Because When the messengers come, they will take the gift and send it to Jerusalem where the need is there and to meet the need. The second thing we discover about missions in terms of unwavering mindset is not in terms just of preparation, but the second part we read in verse 5 to verse 12. Verse 5 to verse 12, to be present by going for missions. We don't have time to read the entire passage, but verse 5 to verse 12 talks about three personalities. The Apostle Paul, Timothy and Apollos. Apostle Paul, Timothy and Apollos. Missions can never be achieved without a person present in the mission field. Apostle Paul obviously was there in Corinth for three years. We may not call him a missionary, but he is. His whole life is dedicated towards God's mission. And he was in Corinth to plant the church together with Ananias and Sapphira. Is it? Are you all here? If you think that's true, you need to read the Bible again. Okay. The Ten Maker, not the one who has been slain during for cheating, lying to the Holy Spirit. Paul was there in Corinth, the Bible says, present. You are here and your presence makes the service a difference. Hello? Of course, God's presence makes a whole lot of difference. Parents who have teens would know how the teens would yearn for the father to be present at their piano recital, at their audition. Though they may not mention it, they'll WhatsApp you. Right. They'll text you, where are you dad? I'm in China now. Yeah. All right. Why is there that yearning for a physical presence of a person? Well, it's more than just a physical presence. The Bible says in Romans, it says, how can they hear the gospel if they do not have a preacher to preach? Yes, thank God for technology. Thank God for all the different tools in social media available for us to be present. But it's nothing like to be physically present. Paul was present in Corinth. Paul says, I will come and visit you again. Now that's another story. Which pastor would like to visit a troubled church again? <laughs> all right, leave me alone, that will be the last on the list. Let me go and visit Subang Jai Assembly where there's no problems at all. Can I hear an amen? Huh? Some of you don't believe in yourself. All right. But who wants to visit a divided church? And after the letter, Paul would have said, Hey, dear Corinthians, I've done a lot of work. Do you know what it means to write 16 chapters? Those who are involved in writing 16 chapters and his thoughtful words to you. I've done my job. You guys have been harassing me with all your problems. I've been with you for three years. (laughs) I have pastored you. I have helped you. I have prayed with you. He could have said, this is the end. And of course, 1 Corinthians is not the end. He follow up 2 Corinthians. Before 2 Corinthians, he said, I'm going to visit you. This man, a missionary at heart, is not just touch and go kind of missionary. He realised that though he has been there, he needs to be there again to be with the church, to go through, to help them so that they can recover the mission that God has for them as a church. They were going at difficult times. They were going through challenges. They were probably said to themselves, "We are not going to amount to anything again. Should we just give up missions? Should we just stop because we got so many problems? We are divided. We have brother, you know, who is living in sin. We have lawsuits. We have problems of food offered to idols." We have problem even the Lord's Supper. The rich are not waiting for the poor. And there's all kinds of issues. We need to settle all these problems. But Paul was a man of God. You know, I tell students in Bible school, the first qualification to become God's servant is this simple phrase. You are a man of God. And The only way for people to follow you Is that people know that You are a man Or a woman of God You didn't get that one You may have a degree You may have experience You may have all kinds of credentials And letters supporting you But if people do not see that You are a man Of God Finish it's like he's a man of the world. What are the characteristics of a man of the world? It's all the signs of worldliness. What are the characteristics of a man of God? It's the God like characteristics, Christ likeness. Can I hear an amen? Or not? Just like people say down at a level, you know, they are saying, I just I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. But I'm put off by Christian behavior. They don't believe or act like Christian. So even in the outside world, there is that kind of feedback. In the same way, it's true. Paul says, be present. It is good to give. It's good to fill up the mission faith pledge. But if God is calling you to be present in the mission field, don't settle for the second best. Go. (laughs) Go. Don't worry who is going to take your place in the cell group. No worries. Don't worry about the finance. God will provide. Just issue a letter to Pastor Francis. He will support you. (laughs) You Nowadays, we need all the support, all the the letters to confirm they only go. Mana boleh? Must have those early pioneers go. When God says go, go. But first, you must be able to explain To your pastors and those around you What is God calling you Or where is He calling you to go Then your answer is I am like Abraham I just heard the call All right? I do not know where Then the pastor will lay hands and say God, if it is He's going to be like Abraham Be with Him We send Him forth now Now always take a man's word as it is If you say it is, it is Then you live by it But if you're not sure, say I'm not sure Don't quote Abraham lah Poor Abraham cannot answer back If you say I don't know, I'm not sure Alright Because Abraham is, he heard a word from God That God tells him to go And God did not tell him where He heard from God You didn't Right. You heard from Abraham. <laughs> right? You are riding on Abraham's example. If God says, go, go. You know, And we should go. And there's so much we can do. And going today for missions being present is not just like the traditional missionary who goes there and just serve as a church planter, pastor or teacher or whatever. But you could very well be a bivocational, a nurse, a doctor, a teacher, when I was in East Malaysia, I met a lot of missionaries from Singapore who work in Brunei as teachers, engineers, but serving God. Daytime work, nighttime serve God. Run cell groups, run churches, doing God's work. Amazing sacrifice because they heard the call. They heard the call of a pastor. How does the call sound like? Ask your pastor. All right. Okay. In some cases, the call doesn't sound like God, it sounds like a pastor's call. <laughs> and I dare tell you that could be God's call. Because it is in line with God's word. The church sends people out. And by the way, when you go nowadays, you can easily come back, A Asia. All right. And there are many budget airlines to choose. All right. And if not, you can Skype. You can WhatsApp, social media. You won't miss home. Yeah, right, right. The only challenge is the food and the weather. And thirdly, the language if you're going through a place that is totally foreign. Some of you may not know when we went to East Malaysia, my wife and I, we could not speak a word of Mandarin. It's a Chinese town, it's a Hakka town. Everyone speaks Hakka and Mandarin in the city of Miri and we were forced to speak I speak Cantonese, my wife speaks Hokkien and we speak to each other in English This is truly Malaysia You didn't get that one right. The diversity is found in the home Even the curry is different Penang curry and kale curry laksa Different Hello The joy of going to mission. Some of you will say, Oh, Pastor, you were in East Malaysia for 10 years. Yes, I was there. But I was not just in Miri. I was there. I went everywhere. I'm a man who seeks opportunity. I went from every major town in East Malaysia I've been to. Now only the AG Church going to start a movement in East Malaysia. At that time I was looking for Subang Assembly. No, no. I was looking for a church where there's a burden for East Malaysia and I found it down south in Singapore. But now I thank God all the Malaysian churches are catching the vision for East Malaysia to reach out to the orang-asli, to reach out to the natives, to reach out to the people there. But there's still one group, as I talk to those who are involved in East Malaysia, you know, they're all going there for the natives. But no one is going there to the city. To the city, especially the Chinese folks. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? All right. Many native churches being started in the town speaking Bahasa, but very few AG churches reaching out to the Chinese community in the various cities. Will you go? Will you go? All right. Don't be like the, some people who quote Isaiah. All right. Here am I, send him. Or send her Today, say, send me I am ready to go What does that phrase mean? It means simply, just I am available It doesn't mean you are going It just means, I am available Here am I, send me And if God send you, send you lah. If God doesn't send you, oh, wow, what a relief no If you are a person of mission, you say, "Why not me? Why, why you pass me by?" And then you sing the hymn, "Jesus, don't pass me by." You know people who are involved in mission; they will not give up. They will go because there's something inside of them that drives them. They must go. It's like your passion. Your passion for business, your passion for work, your passion to be a doctor, your passion to be a teacher, engineer, lawyer. It drives you. You have to go. Even though you turn down, you will try another way. You will try. Finally, you get to go. And by the way, you don't just go to one place. You read all the missionary stories of great missionaries who are in China, who are in this part of the world. They are not stationed in one station. Because God moves them from place to place. Can I hear an amen? What an exciting journey. You have a list of individuals lined up today who have gone to missions. And uh, Pastor Francis mentioned of this elderly couple whom we know personally too, Everett and Evelyn McKinney, involved in teaching missions, travel all over and still travelling. I ask the question, When are you retiring? No retiring because God's mission must go on. As long as we live, we will go on. We will share, we will preach, we will train, we will teach. Because one of the challenges of missions is not just going for missions. It is the simple question that Jesus said in Jerusalem. The harvest is plenteous but the labourers tak Not enough. And not enough is not even the word to describe. In fact, it says it's scarce. There are many businessmen. There are many blue-collar, white-collar. There are many doctors, many lawyers. You look at the profession in Malaysia. You look at job opportunities. Graduates who come out from, from college, from university, they're looking for jobs. They can't find jobs. They have to go somewhere else for their training friends i'm not saying drop your career and go for missions i'm saying if god is knocking at the door of your heart and by the way there is another th- thing for you to know we don't just knock on god's door sometimes god knocks at the door of our hearts and in fact i won't say sometimes a lot of times he is knocking on the door of our heart would you would you go would you go then we put it off. We drown our sorrows at Starbucks. <laughs> we hang out there, or we go online twenty-four-seven. And then suddenly, appear. You know, will you go? <laughs> no, that's exaggerated. Paul was present in Corinth. He still go back to Corinth. He would say, "No, I will not go. I've written you letters. I have given you all the answers." Forget it, I'm busy at Ephesus A white door of opportunity is open for me to preach Last time I could not, now it's open You guys, I count him already You sit at the kopitiam and kautim right. Now I no need to come But he says, I still need to go Missions need to be involve a person to be there To be there Can I hear an amen? I'm driving this home Right. I'm not going to make a call and say Would you go today Think about it Don't, don't just, just erase it from your mind Don't just erase it Because the next point Leads me to something else The third one Just verse 13 And i like you to look at verse 13 Since it's only one verse But verse 13 itself is a sermon by itself Because it has five, five points inside there Can you put the third point inside verse 13? And I'd like to read it. To push the parameters of missions. Verse 13 concerns Christians. Paul writes to the Christians to be alert of non-Christians or pre-believers outside or missions outside. He says, giving Timothy, I will come, Paul might come, Apollos might come. But verse 13 he says, while waiting... Be on the alert, that's number one. Stand firm in the faith, number two, act like men, number three. be strong, number four, and let all that you do be done in the love of God. What does these five exhortations mean when he says, "Guys, you have your problems, but don't forget there's a lost people outside there. Be alert. Be alert is kind of like an awareness check, an alertness check. Do you know what is happening outside of you, dear Corinthians? Besides all your problems, are you aware of what is happening in your neighbourhood, in the society, in the world? Don't just wrap yourself up with your problems. Come out of it, be alert, think about what is happening around. The conversations in our own country, in the city, in your workplace, everywhere. Paul says, be on the alert. Push the perimeters or the mindset of your thinking beyond inward thinking to think about the outside. Mission is about thinking about the outside. Can I hear an amen? Not just Subang Jaya. God will bless your church and God has blessed your church. I remember the first time preaching at Subang Jaya Assembly back in SS15. I don't know if any one of you were there then. long time ago. This church is 40 years old. Yeah, going 40. It's a long journey to arrive at this place. Can we give God a big clap offering? Alright. How many of you were here 40 years ago? I see two hands there. Thank God for this man. Because there is a scripture reference later which I will refer uh, shortly. In this passage Pushing the perimeters This church at Corinth Need to go Think beyond themselves To think about the people outside Be alert The second verse The second part of the verse says Stand firm in your faith The idea of standing firm Means, implies That their faith Has been challenged By the enemy And indeed so When you read Corinthians Their faith has been challenged Their faith has been challenged because the idea of standing firm in your faith, their faith were wavering. Whether you should believe in Christ or not, or should give up in spite of all these problems, Paul says, stand firm in your faith. What does that mean? Pushing the perimeters here in the area of spiritual warfare. Whether you and I like it or not, whether in missions or not in missions, we are in spiritual warfare. The enemy attacks us. The enemy comes after our face. That's why sometimes you don't feel like coming to church. You don't feel like praying. We don't feel like serving God. Sometimes I feel like that. I don't feel like preaching. What's the point of preaching? When everybody forgets your sermon the next week. So I heard a pastor say to me, what's the point? I spend hours preparing the sermon, going through the exegesis, reading through the background, the context, coming out, bringing all these things out and then... And all those is a part and parcel of a preacher's cross. So I tell the homiletic students, I tell the Bible school students, you want to preach, not everybody is going to listen to you. And that's a fact. Even in life, when you give speeches... Does everybody listen to you? They look like they're listening to you. Right? They have heard enough introductory speeches, so and so, so and so, so and so, then you go through the standard speech, you know. And they say another round. During that time they'll be looking at their handphone, you know. But thank God in this church all of you are paying attention. And don't just pay attention when a guest speaker speaks. When your pastor preaches, pay attention, show her the encouragement. <laughs> I'll never forget Sister Seward. Every time she sits in front, you all know Sister Seawood, right? And she sits in front, her mouth will be open. Right? It's, I call it a good habit. You know? Part of training, we are saying we train the head, we train the hands, we train the heart. And then develop good habits, listening to God's word, like eating. <laughs> anyway, praise God. Pushing the parameters in terms of spiritual warfare. Know that we are involved in spiritual. Whether you like it or not, the enemy will attack you. You stay at home, you don't go to mission. Also, you cannot. Right? But Christ is greater. He that lives in us, the Holy Spirit, gives us the power and strength. The third exhortation in that verse, it says there, it says, act like men. Unfortunately, it was written in a, in a way that sounds gender bias. But it doesn't mean that. The word they act like men, it simply illustrates a generic term, just like Adam. It means grow up, be mature. It doesn't mean act like man, Rambo It doesn't mean that It just simply means grow up And in fact, the Corinthian church Need to grow up And you know that we all need to grow up, right? We're always in the growth process There are some young believers Who come and talk to me and say Pastor, I want to go towards mission I want to go, I want to serve God Praise God Fan that fire, keep it there But meanwhile, show yourself that you are growing spiritually grow in the word grow in worship grow in prayer grow in God's word show that no no I don't I grow already no not yet okay I've lived long enough to be able to say to them like that you know you need to pray I don't see you praying no I pray in my heart I know you pray in your heart And in fact, some quotes say, "I pray all the time." Well wow, they are very some, very deep. All right. I so don't pray all the time. Pastor, do you pray all the time? You know? If you pray all the time, then you have time for to do what? Well, can you imagine after service today, lunch, you're eating and praying? Okay. And Pentecostal praying is. Kura wa shakar. I'm sure the restaurant owners may have to send us off No need to pay the bill, it's okay (laughs) Grow up! We need to grow up Pastor, we have been doing missions for so many years Do you know that there is no end to grow in missions? I've been to churches, the mission department is as big as the church as your church the mission personnel is as big as your church sponsoring 200 people on a monthly basis who go towards mission Wow I was privileged to usher into that church after graduation to work in a church planting movement that planted churches all over every day got brochures to print every month got crusades to organize Man That's 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 like Whole life is missions Every sermon is a Is mission oh, Say mission. You Mission know, Another mission But it drills and drills and drills Discipleship Go and make disciples Go and win someone Share with them Train with them Tell them the gospel You know I'm glad That I was able to do that and still doing so, but in different ways. Some of you who are here for many years know what I'm talking about. But I'm telling the younger generation, don't miss the joy of missions. It's fun to let your life touch other lives, to see that you have a purpose, to see there's more than singing, more than going to hang out, and then hang out after that, hang out again. You know, there's no end to all the hangout. And then on the social media and then watching all the BGR movies, fall in love, fall out of love, fall in again, fall out, heartbroken, share, right? Pieces, come to church, heartbroken. Okay? No, I'm, I'm cool about all those things, all right? This is part of life, part of growing up, you know? But there are more exciting things To help those who are broken hearted Help those who are standing at the, at the edge Want to commit suicide Help those who are in pain To know that I can be used of God Just being present, being there Pushing the parameters By growing up Are you attending Bible study? Are you attending prayer meeting? Are you attending small groups? Are you doing your devotions? Are you growing in God's word? Because how can we get involved in missions if we ourselves is not growing and not growing is not a bankrupt? Go. Nothing to give. How to give? When you go to the mission, there's no time to prepare sermons. You have to be ready. That's why in church, you have all these activities. And I tell you, I'm sure all of you here, if, you, if these things do not exist, you're also ever ready to grow in God. Because there's so many opportunities to grow. The fourth exhortation in that verse, it says there, be strong, be strong. Obviously, it's not physically strong Not go to a gym and build up your muscles He's talking about be strong in your inner man Can everyone say inner man? inner man? There's an inner person of us That can move mountains When the natural says no When the mind says no When the reason tells us against it There is that inner man, that inner voice that says Can It can be done And we need to let that inner man Grow stronger every day As Paul says to the church at Ephesus Pray in the spirit And that does not mean praying in tongues Make sure your prayers Whatever it is Is in the will of God It is in the spirit Can I hear an amen? Praying Always Building up your inner man Feed that inner man Don't just feed this tummy And gain weight And join the loser program Why do you want to add on when you're in the first place? You don't want to add on. You need prayer. Okay. Maybe you're stuck with some kind of foods. All right. Never mind. <laughs> the whole of Malaysia is stuck. In fact, the whole world is given to food. Great sin of this generation. Please don't go offended if you are in the food industry right. If you are running restaurants I, still, I will still go for lunch after this all right. okay. For those who are running the cafeteria Keep up the good work all right. Praise God My wife loves to cook So I don't need to cook Now the last one it says Let all that you do be done in love In love For the greatest is love There is such thing as growing in love let me go to the fourth and then one more point. Verse 13 to verse 18, Paul writes about the Christian response to Christians in the church. He says there in verse 13, or verse 14, he says there, actually, verse 13 to 14 and verse 15 now. He says, I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanus, they were the first fruits of Achaia. And they have devoted themselves for the ministry of the saints. And then you read of another person there by the name here of Stephanus and also of Caicus. And then you have Fortunatus, three of them, the council of three. So as I was saying, I never saw it the way I saw it this time. That Paul writes to the church at Corinth after all the problems, he says you need to get. Be steadfast, unwavering in missions, the mindset for missions Obviously the text says that we need to respect those who have been with us before That's why I asked the question earlier How many of you were here 40 years ago when the church started? And they're still here Do you know them? We tend to forget those pioneers. And that's my next point. We tend to forget those pioneers. Next slide, please. To pattern after the pioneers in mission. When this church was started, there was a core group of people who came here. And when the church in Corinth was started, there was these three persons, Stephanus, all right, Fortunatus, and Archicus. All three of them they have, they, are, they have been in a church and they're still there And Paul writes to them, acknowledge them And here it doesn't mean put them in a pedestal Put up a statue and worship them, no But it simply means acknowledge them Means to remember them, regard them Do we regard the pioneers in missions? The early missionaries in Malaysia and missionaries who have gone to many parts of the world, or do you know any Malaysian missionaries who have given their lives through various ministries, not just church planting? Do you know them who laid their life in the East here? We are not too much of historians or writers but in the west there will be a collection of all the english missionaries the american missionaries the dutch missionaries the european missionaries the australian missionaries but i can't find a book in that writes about asian missionaries and specifically malaysian missionaries maybe i did not maybe i have not found it is there But I'm saying this is that the pioneers, the pioneers of churches who will remain faithful, we need to pattern after their faithfulness, their dedication, and commitment. The three pictures up there, some of you may know, all right? John Wesley. It's it's not necessary for you to know, all right? But he's an important man in the history of God's movement. Then the one below is Hudson Taylor. Alright if you, if you look it's Just glance through He doesn't look like Christian You didn't get that And of course the lady is Jackie Pullinger Alright In Hong Kong When you read through the biographies Of great pioneers and missionary There are few things in common About their life They hear God's call They respond to God's call And they go And they commit their lives fully and totally No turning back And here I want to tell you A story about this one missionary A not so famous missionary Who went to China About the same time with Hudson Taylor His name is John Livingston Nevius Not David Livingston of Africa You probably have never heard of his name I was reading and I come across and I read his story. He was born in an ordinary family, Christian family. His father died at a, when he was two. He was raised up by a hardworking mother until he went to college. At college, he came to know Christ and the writing was he was convicted of his sin now he's from a christian family he was convicted of his sin and he gave his life to jesus after that he felt a call to go to full time ministry i'm sure that would be a very dampening news for the hard working mother who worked all her life to raise up a son and hear the son say i'm going for mission i'm going to be a full time minister and so he got a place in Princeton Theological Seminary. Wow! Princeton Theological Seminary, the most sought after university then. What is the most sought after university now in Malaysia? That one is for you to meditate. <laughs> so he went there, and while he, he was studying there He got very close to this great theologian I think Pastor Yin Ming would know Pastor Francis and some of you who are in ministry Would know Charles Hodget Systematic theologian And that began his journey as a theologian He was very close And then during his preaching He would always say I'm not good enough I'm not good enough But all the professors and Including the president and faculty Would hear his preaching and say good. There were many likes on Facebook, on his Facebook. But he himself not satisfied with his preaching. You know, you know sometimes it is your own evaluation friend. Listen to others' evaluation and saying, you can. Can I hear an amen? Don't, don't put yourself down. And, he, and he, was, he was a smart guy. And while at the college, at the university, he received a call to missions through reading a biography of Adenaram Judson missionary to Burma you know by reading you can receive a call that's <laughs> how so I say oh better not read <laughs> right? just see Facebook enough well friend whether you read Facebook read anything if God wants to show you He will, he will through every means Facebook, Instagram, Twitter whatever it will come out go all right, two letters only, shortest. All right, okay. You cannot run away from God's call. Can I hear an amen? amen. Right. So, our dear friend, you know, so he he got close. He preached, and then he got a call to missions to go to China at the age of thirty-six, or twenty-six. Sorry, twenty-six. Can the young people say 26? twenty-six? Twenty-six. I went into ministry at 25 So young Today church all say Young people not No work experience Cannot serve God Those are from the world Worldly thinking Yes Yes When God calls God qualifies And God sends Who are we to say that person is too young to go into ministry? Who are we to say that he must have work experience then only can serve God? The thinking of the world have come into the church so much that we forgot what the Bible says. Look at all the men of God in the Bible. What work experience they have. What perfect life they have All of them had bad, poor, family, poverty, problems They were never perfect in the eyes of the world But God chose those who are both wise And those who are not so wise to serve Him Can I hear an Amen? And I'm not saying that working is not important I'm saying is that we must realise what is God's criteria for service. This man just read the book and he heard the call of God and he went into ministry. He went straight to China and served for 40 years until he died at 65. He was in Ningpo. He was in Shandong. He was in another part of the world and there were rebellions and there were diseases and there were challenges. His first assignment was not even planting church, he was doing translation. He ended his life going to the hermit kingdom in Korea, in Japan. He disagreed with Hudson Taylor. Say, Hudson Taylor, you must dress like a Chinese. You say, forget it. I'm not going to dress like a Chinese. I'm an American. He even went to UK, had some time, three years there, had a conference with uh, Hudson Taylor and a few others. And then he was instrumental of coming up with this model which we practice today. Self-supporting, self-governing, and self-propagating. Do you know this man? Do I know? I don't know. Most missionaries are unsung heroes. Don't know them. They labour not because to be known, they labour because of God. Can I hear an amen? Amen if you want to do missions it's not for the church it's not for god for anything else it's not for reputation for people to know forget it it's about bringing glory and honor to god like paul says for me to live is christ to die is gain even at the end of our lives is nobody knows us it's fine there's only one thing that you want to hear when you get to heaven welcome home thou faithful servant of the lord I'm sure my wife would know and I will know her ministry. There are many missionaries who are going through loneliness and suffering and pain. And some of you, when you saw Pastor Francis put up the slide, why are we supporting individuals? These guys gave their lives to God. You don't know their stories. You could one day be up there and it's your story. The pain and the suffering and the challenges they give, nobody understand, misunderstood in the mission field. Their lives threaten the disease they carry like this couple. And the home and the education and all the challenges. Well, I'm not saying that, Pastor, we also have challenges. I'm not saying that you don't have. And there are many of you who serve quietly in the church behind the scenes You're crying out, nobody cares, nobody appreciates, nobody seems to know. I want to tell you this morning, God knows. And pastors do know, they pray for you. It's impossible to know everyone. We're not looking to have our names recorded in a history book. We're looking to have our names already written in the book of life. Can I hear an amen? And we serve God with passion. With heart Giving our lives to God To pattern after the pioneers in mission In their obedience and trust towards God They don't have much In fact, they went out in faith They went out with counsel challenging them They went out in spite of all Just obey God and go Friends, there's something we can learn from pioneers From our fathers From your fathers who came from China, who came from India, who came from different parts of the world and start a life in this land. And some of you are going out to another country, immigrating to another country, just like your fathers, pioneering in a new place, learning a new language, learning a new culture for your children and for missionaries. It is for God's work. Missions. My wife was frightened this morning when I told her, I'm feeling the call again. You know, I can't run away from my call. John 15, verse 16, 1982. Until today That has been my guiding word That God gave me He says to me, Simon He didn't say exactly Simon Alright, he said You have not chosen me I have chosen you That you should go That's why all my life in my ministry Since I graduated from Bible School Before I graduated Has been going when I, be, when I was a church member in church Every time go tracting, go Not on doors, go Evangelism, go, 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 go Until today, I go, go <laughs> Say, pastor, why are you not like Pastor Yiming, pastoring the church Founder of the church, pastor the church For so many, why can't you stay in one place I can't, I'm not wired to stay I'm meant to go so I go, all right? Long before touch and go come into existence. But I don't go, I don't touch and go. I go and touch. So I want to challenge you to go and touch lives. Go for mission trips. Go! How can you live your Christian life never been to mission field? Oh, time. I. How can? You're missing the action, you're missing the life. Go. and doesn't mean go to third world country, Go to first world country. Yeah. Europe is calling. Yeah. UK is calling. Secularism has overtaken, America is calling. Go. Oh, pastor, can go America. Go! Make sure you go to the right neighborhood. <laughs> okay. My last point. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, his last point? <laughs> last point. Then you can go. <laughs> Verse 19 to 24. You thought that's the end. I always read last chapters of Paul's epistles, just read only, never bothered to look deeper. When I look at it again in the context of the entire epistle, I realise he's saying, he ends his letter in verse 19 of of chapter 16. He says, The churches of Asia greet you. Wow, in the moment I read that, The churches of Asia greet you, Corinth. The churches in Malaysia greet you, Subang Jaya. You are not alone. The entire region in Asia has been involved in missions They greet you, they know you And the word greeting is not just Hello, how are you? It simply means an acknowledgement A togetherness And you can read the entire passage Of different people, different individuals Greet you, greet you, greet you, greet you Man, I like people to greet me Do you like people to greet you? Everett McKinney comes to church And he greets you Hello brother, how are you? Wow, you feel Hold the hand for a while Let the anointing flow (laughs) This great man of God Who has travelled all the world He greeted me Well, it is not something extraordinary But it's true Sometimes we feel very alone in mission We feel that nobody seems to know But Paul ends in his letter, he says, Church, the church in Asia greets you. The church around the world greets us and we ought to greet others. Can I hear an amen? So he talks to us about partnering. Partnering with others in missions. We are never in it alone. It can never be done alone. Gone are the days, remove the movie The Lone Ranger. Right? Don't sing the song, Nobody Cares For Me right? Don't sing Frank Sinatra's song, I Did It My Way you know? We need to do it God's way And God's way is a together way As a body of Christ Why? It's because of the gifts that God has given to every single person here in this room The gift and combined together can bring such great impact In the world in missions The gift of preaching The gift of teaching The gift of counselling You name them all in the Bible And putting all together The diversity of gifts Easier Get the job done faster And that means We are able to say that prayer At the end in Revelation Maranatha Jesus come quickly Because we are all in it I have Christians singing, Maranatha, come quickly. Don't come. Come quickly. (laughs) When you say come quickly, it means that we are ready for Him to come. We are in it. We are doing it. We are all together. Whether it's praying, giving or going, we are in it together. Church, let me summarize and close with one last slide. It says, Apostle Paul says, In this last letter to the church at Corinth He says Have an unwavering mindset for missions You guys have great problems But don't forget missions Can I hear an amen? We are going through difficult times All over the world Challenges, external challenges Churches also have problems Some of you have problems financially But I know that you are strong in the Lord when we come to the house of the Lord, don't be problem-centered. Be solution-centered because you're in the presence of the Most High God who is a solution-centered God. And we look to Him. He gives us answers and solutions. Fast forward in 2 Corinthians, Paul writes a second letter and he says to the church, Hey guys, do you know the Macedonian church? For they gave according to their means, as I testify but beyond their means. Can you say beyond their means? It's beyond what they can afford. And by the way, let me just interject here. A lot of times in our lives, we actually do things beyond our means. We buy a house beyond our means. We buy a new car. We don't need the car. It's beyond our means. And then we go into financial problems and say, God, why do you lead me into this This hole, then God say, you dig it yourself, man. Didn't you read Proverbs, Financial Wisdom? Spend within your means. If not, at least read Wesley's advice. Or even Chinese common sense. Say common sense. When we go to a restaurant, the first thing we look is not the menu, it's the price eh? so cheap of course we live in a different world we live in a different world the younger generation will say cheap that 20 ringgit is cheap for us is chicken rice 20 ringgit Hello. If we can spend beyond our means, even every day in our lives, uh, you see. Look at this: the church that was going through the Macedonian church going through poverty, they gave beyond their means. In fact, they could not give; they have nothing to give, but they gave anyway. And what was the secret? The Bible says, begging us. Wow! They begged us, the Macedonian church. us, Paul, can or not? can we give more? Paul said, Chukub, let Subang Jaya give. Mm, okay. You're already suffering. You're enough already. Okay, no need to give. God knows your heart. No need. Please, let us give. Let us give. Wow. I mean, I read the spirit, the, 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 the heart of these people is just kind of like, man, how did they even get to that place? of sacrificial giving. And there in that verse, it reveals the secret. They gave themselves first to the Lord and by the will of God. And I kind of sum up what I'm trying to say today about missions. It's very simple. The first step towards mission is to give of ourselves to God. What follows, you just plot along the way. Don't think too much Don't plan 5 years from now 10 years from now 15 years No need Just give of yourself to God And let Him lead you And guide you In this You will learn To remove a lot of stress On planning You all didn't get that We live in a world of too much planning Plan, strategize Next year's plan Next year Next year I have only one plan. For now, I'm telling you, for beginners in missions and even for seasoned ministers in mission, we still come back to the place I first give of myself to God and we still give again. God, did you take it or not? God said no, you took back. <laughs> this is a problem with living sacrifice. We give, we take, we give, we take, we give it. It's fun, isn't it? Right? So He never violates the human will. God never violates the human will. Even if we take back, He's still with us. What a wonderful God. It's not like you give your life, cannot take back. You know, that kind of thing. You give your life and sometimes you hold back, you backslide, you slow down, you cut back, God understands and then He still works on you. And then at some place you come back again and you're more on fire. Until everyone who sits around you can feel the fire. <laughs> Have you ever been sitting next to a person or standing next to a person? You can feel the passion. Man, I've stand with such people. You, you cannot stand further away. <laughs> I don't want because that's not my passion. You know, this guy is super passionate about this ministry. Yeah. Okay, like, I just touched the shoulder a bit. Kind of thing, you know. There's something about God's work as we close. God's work in our lives is not contained in the invisible realm, it is also seen through our physical life. You will be seen, you look at a person's eyes, wow, eyes wide open. That guy is alive. Come on, church. Today is Sunday morning, Mission Sunday. It's the most important subject in God's Word. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave. Our response, all we can do, Lord, today as we close, is to give of ourselves to You once again. If for the first time in your life that you're giving yourself to God, They say, God, I give of myself to you. Well, we have been sitting for a while. Can we stand as we close in prayer? It's half past 12. I have preached beyond my time. I'll receive the sentence in a short while. But allow me to just close in a word of prayer. Can we lift our hands to God? All of us love God and all of us want not just His best in our lives but also we want to give of our best to Him Father, we stand here this morning, we thank You we thank You for this honour and opportunity to be able to be involved in Your great mission Jesus, You came 2,000 years ago for this one purpose only is to seek and to save those who are lost we were once lost but now am found and you have given us this mandate you have empowered us with your Holy Spirit you have opened our eyes to see the global vision and in this church that has been involved every year in missions in giving towards institutions to individuals and to many church plants and other places God thank you for everyone who has given and i thank you for new ones who will join in participation in giving towards missions in praying towards missions and if there are any individuals here who feel the tuck in their hearts and the spirit to respond to go to a certain country to a certain place god i pray for your grace i pray for your timing i pray for your confirmation upon their lives may this church continue to grow in missions may more missionaries be stand out may more prayers be sent up Oh God, and may more money be prepared to meet the needs of missions worldwide, oh God. May you enlarge the vision of our hearts as we give of ourselves towards you, just like the Macedonian church. We will not look at our problems. We will not look at the circumstances. We will not look at the climate. We will not look at the situations. There will never be a favourable situation for missions. For as long as you were on earth today, in the day past, Lord, you have faced challenges in your work. In a similar way today, Lord, we are pushing back the works of darkness. We are punching holes in the darkness through our prayers. And God, may you inspire us today, Lord, through this word that we will be involved, that we will press on in spite of all the challenges. Let us all have an unwavering mindset towards mission. Let us not be taken away, away from this mission and let us focus, oh God. May you inspire us, empower us, enable us, enable every believer here in this room financially that they can give towards mission. For Lord, I pray for their workplace. I pray that they be promoted. I pray for their businesses. May they be blessed. I pray for their health. May they be healed, oh God. I pray for many who have ideas and visions in their hearts, birthing in their hearts right now. May they be receive support and may they have, Lord, an avenue to express, oh God, what you have placed in their hearts. I pray, Lord, that you will do a mighty work in the church here, Lord. Oh, yes, God, not just in this congregation, but in the Chinese congregation and other congregation. May Subang Jai Assembly continue to shine brightly, Lord, in this place, in this neighbourhood and beyond, oh God, and beyond, oh God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. I commend everyone to you this morning. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's give God a praise, amen.